Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Monday, December 21st, and this is your FT News Briefing. Several EU countries have banned travel from the UK as scientists identify a new strain of coronavirus that is 70% more transmissible. In the US, Congress is closing in on a deal over a new round of stimulus that will protect the Fed's ability to lend to cities and states. In China, shopping sites are rushing to build their own global freight networks, and our Brexit editor wonders whether the UK's stock market can ever get back its mojo. I'm Brendan Greeley, in for Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. A highly infectious variant of the coronavirus has emerged in Southeast England. According to the World Health Organization, the new strain B117 is spreading rapidly to the rest of the UK and has already been detected in the Netherlands, Denmark, and Australia. Two aspects of B117 give cause for concern. One is the unprecedented number of mutations it carries. The other is the speed with which it's supplanting other strains of the virus in Southeast England. It's important to note, however, that so far there is no evidence that the mutations are affecting the course of the illness in infected patients or the effectiveness of the COVID-19 vaccines in development. News of the variant strain prompted a number of EU countries to halt travel from the UK over the weekend, including Germany, France, and Ireland. This was after Boris Johnson had scrapped his earlier plans to loosen restrictions over Christmas. In the U.S., lawmakers from both parties announced on Sunday night that they had reached an agreement on a new round of economic stimulus. Estimated at $900 billion, it would be one of the largest economic relief bills in U.S. history, second only to the $2.2 trillion CARES Act in March of this year. The package is expected to include means-tested payments of up to $600 for U.S. adults, extra unemployment insurance for Americans who have lost their jobs, more than $200 billion in additional relief for small businesses, and an increase in federal funding for the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, formerly known as food stamps. Negotiations had stumbled over the weekend when a Republican senator attempted to use the bill to prevent the Federal Reserve from reviving its emergency credit facilities, which are due to expire at the end of the year. Both parties reached a compromise on language for the Fed late Saturday night. The pandemic and new U.S. shipping rules are threatening the delivery of packages from China to the West in the run-up to Christmas. And now, China's online shopping sites are rushing to build their own global freight networks. Until July, China was treated as a developing nation, which ensured that its shipping fees were effectively subsidized by Western countries. The Trump administration threatened to quit the UN's postal body over the issue. That forced a compromise. The US set its own pricing starting in July, and European countries will be able to raise their prices in January. Now, bargain sites such as Wish and AliExpress have invested heavily to handle their own flow of goods. Wish has been readying its logistics system since Washington first took aim at the Postal Treaty. The company now handles all shipping arrangements for almost half of its orders. That's up from zero four years ago. And now we'll look at Brexit. Despite the pandemic, the LSE had one of its biggest IPOs in years. But with Brexit continuing to loom and no trade deal in sight, a big question still remains. 
Will the city of London continue to attract the kind of business it needs to remain one of the world's top financial centers? David Bond, our Brexit editor, put the question to our chief business correspondent, Dan Thomas. So, of course, we got the big moment, the end of the Brexit transition period on December the 31st. I mean, what do you think is going to happen in terms of freeing up a regulation? Do you think the UK will try and offer easier terms to companies that wish to come and list in London? Well, it certainly gives them a chance to look again at the rules and regulations that govern the city. And many in the city are hoping for some sort of deregulation or at least changes and tweaks to the existing regulation to make London more attractive to the sorts of high growth, world leading companies of the future that the government is so keen to attract and retain. There are complaints from executives around London's tighter constraints over things like listing rules and the stricter governance requirements that can block some companies from a premium listing, such as the desire for a dual share class structure. The government wants a listing regime to reflect an increasing shift towards fast growth technology, e-commerce and science companies. But remember, other markets are fighting for these companies too. You've written that the city has traditionally been home to banks, insurers, oil companies and miners, but that many believe the real way that London goes forward is to attract more technology companies to thrive. What do you think the city can do here? Well, that's right. If you look at the percentage of tech uh, stocks on the London market, it's you know roughly 12%, which is much, much less than what is the case in the US. And London has suffered for not having the, that sort of dominant sector, really. And that's kind of what government wants to change here. They want London to be the place that all these big, globally significant companies come to. And in particular, those London-based ones that are currently looking uh, at a potential listing in future, such as Revolut and TransferWise and Babylon Health. You know, these are the names that they need to keep in the city in order to in order to at least say that they have a chance of being globally competitive going forward. What's the real driver, though, when a company is considering whether to go to the US or Hong Kong or the UK? Doesn't it ultimately come down to depth of capital? I think you're right, David. And this is this is a thing which comes up again and again with founders. They say that if they want to have the access to those massive pots of money, then there's nothing like America right now. And indeed, Asia is just on a tear at the moment. Again, you're seeing like the big money traveling over to some of the big Asian bourses. London, to be fair to it, though, does have lots of money here. It shouldn't really hold it back. There are plenty of pension funds, plenty of institutional investors, global institutional investors, which have made London very much a, a focus for them. The London Stock Exchange also says that, according to their data at least, there shouldn't be or there isn't a valuation gap. Founders would say something different, and they certainly find uh, the idea of a New York listing, particularly if they're focused globally, perhaps maybe uh, a business which is uh, aiming towards an Asian market as well, then that they find that very attractive. Of course, now that it's outside the EU, will London face greater competition from markets elsewhere in Europe, do you think? Undoubtedly, London will now have more competition from other markets in Europe, in particular Frankfurt and Paris. But at the same time, for London, it really isn't the European markets. It's very possible that over time, all the European markets could become specialised or marginalised in some way. And instead, the money and the big companies are shifting towards Asia and the US. So that's really what London is fighting against rather than just the EU. And it's also fighting against those big pockets of private equity flooded in the system. And so, you know, they've really got to find the valuations as attractive as possible to make sure companies don't stay private or get taken over by these big private equity funds. The US has already been the clear winner of the past decade. And I think this is partly exacerbated by the fact that these rivals to London-based companies have 
those big US high valuations behind them, which allow them to come in and snap up the UK startups before they've even really got going. Dan Thomas is our chief business correspondent. Thanks, Dan. You can read more on all these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT news briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Did you know the Capital Ideas podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, what's a mistake they made that changed their approach, and how do they find their next great idea? Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation... Partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024.